0: good evening listeners It is the 30th of October 2016 and you're tuned in to 88.7 KBVR Corvallis It's currently just after 7 pm and on a Sunday that can only mean one thing. Time for another episode of inspiration dissemination I'm Adrian Gallo and I'm Steve Friedman. At Oregon
1: State, we have more than 4,000 graduate students in over 80 different programs of study. And here in Inspiration, we, dissemination, we feature <laughs> the research and personal stories of one of those students each week. Except this week, where we're actually interviewing a student from the University of Oregon. Um, boom, boom,
0: special event.
1: Yeah, don't get too mad at him. <laughs> uh, he's a really great guy. If you're a graduate student at OSU or U of O, and you're interested in coming on the show, or you just want to find out more about all the awesome things going on at Oregon State or UFO? <laughs> check out our blog at blogs.oregonstate.edu/inspiration, where you can find out all about our up-and-coming guests and links to our Twitter and Facebook pages.
0: Inspiration dissemination is recorded live, and should they occur, any opinions expressed on the show are those of the hosts and their guests, and do not necessarily represent Oregon State University or the station. Tonight we are joined by Felipe Camposerda from the College of Ecology and Evolution from the University of Oregon. Say hello. Hey,
2: hey! hey. Thanks for <laughs> having me. It's uh, it's great to have the opportunity to share some of the things that I do. Thanks. Yeah, we're we're glad you can uh, you can make the trip up. We we do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, Felipe, you actually live in Corvallis, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I live here. It's uh, Corvallis is this little town that you spend time having fun, you know, like small town vibe. Yeah, it's better than Eugene. It's okay, you can say it. It's not
0: like this is recorded or anything.
1: (laughs) Um, So, Felipe, uh, you're from University of Oregon. Could you tell us what program you're in and who you
2: work for? Yeah, yeah, I'm a PhD student at the University of Oregon. I'm um, in the Bohannon lab. So, Brendan Bohannon is my advisor. And uh, I'm part of the biology department in the Institute of Ecology and Evolution.
1: Okay ecology and evolution so uh what is it what ecology and evolution are you uh,
2: studying <laughs> well, so what we do in the lab is microbial ecology uh, and what I do is uh, I'm interested in the interaction between birds and their microbes and especially on the nest uh, stage so what I look is I go find nests and then I sample the microbes inside of those nests and also record the growing uh, the growth and development of the chicks and i'm going to be trying to relate how those microbes uh, affect the growth of the baby birds.
0: H- hold on, but but why do we care about microbes? They're so small. Like, what kind of effect
2: can they have <laughs> on on chick health or bird development? You know, like does it even matter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually we are covered in microbes like all of us. We have millions of microbes in our skin, they live in our guts and they are all over the place, but that's good. I mean, it, it's good to have microbes. They help us. They uh, help us digest our food, for example. They protect us from pathogens or diseases. So it's good to have microbes. But the question here is like, we don't know where does those, uh, uh, do those microbes come from? So it's, they're there, but how do we get them? That's, that's a big question that it's still like unanswered for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like a brand new, not brand new in science Mm. timescale, I guess, field, right? This whole idea that that there's bacteria growing and living all over us and inside of us, and that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, And and they're they're essentially non-human cells, but they they have a mutualistic relationship. They really benefit each other.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, uh, often we thought about microbes as uh, something bad, that you have to be sterile and have no microbes was good. But now we have found out that microbes are actually doing a lot of things for us and, they're they're needed. Like if you, on experimental settings, if you take out the microbes of an animal, it can survive for a while, but eventually we'll start having problems and uh, we'll die if it doesn't have any microbes. So so we need microbes to stay alive.
1: So, you know, naturally humans tend to do most of their research on humans. So we've, (laughs) you know, this has come out that humans are covered in microbes, but you're looking at birds. So is this like, this is really a new step that maybe it's not just humans that are covered in microbes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started working with birds before, uh, but um, it's very interesting to think about the microbiome. I mean, the group of microbes that live together with you, uh, the microbiome of humans is very, um, it's more studied than other microbiomes because there's, I mean, we're humans, we care about us, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's still a question like, how do other animals like relate to their microbes? We live very different than other microbes. We clean our houses, or some of us do <laughs> uh, so we have like different microbiomes that we will have if we were in the wild uh, but let's take a look at what other animals do and in this case i'm I'm taking a look at the uh, the the microbiomes of birds
0: so then w- with birds uh what is was there some kind of nest that you were particularly interested in, or you know maybe a certain species? Or, you know, what about birds really got you excited about studying the, the their microbiome?
2: Well, um, probably I, it will be good to give a, a brief uh, idea of what I was doing before getting involved in microbes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was working with uh, just bird nests without thinking about microbes. They're so tiny. You can see them. But, uh, <laughs> but you can smell them. And it's actually like that's how I started thinking about microbes. I was working with this um, uh, species of bird that they do... Uh, their nests in a cavity like woodpeckers, but in this case the cavity is on the on the nest of a termite colony. So I was uh checking these uh, birds inside and I realized that they were like very, very smelly. So I was like the birds were smelly. The birds were very smelly. They're Ew. yeah, covered in poop. It was <laughs> it was not fun. Because <laughs> you had to go collect them and measure them and then you were
0: Probably covered in a little bit of poop too. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're just little machines of uh, poop machines. <laughs> but uh, um, they grow fine, they, they grow up, they develop, they fledge. And they seemed to be doing okay. But they Rather were healthy, still...
0: even though they were kind of smelly and gross. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was like, I mean, if you cover a baby with poop, like, it's not a good idea. I mean, most people would think that that's not a good idea. It but...
1: doesn't seem like something most, most parenting books uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell you to do. Yeah.
2: Uh, but these birds were covered in poop, but we're doing fine. So I started thinking, like, what's what's going on with their microbes? Like, why don't they get sick? They should but the be sick. What the poop is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry nice so then I I started thinking about microbes and I started like wondering like uh, where do microbes like line up on the life history of a bird and then I was uh, recommended to look for a microbial ecologist that happens to be a, a big guy in the field like brendan mohanan like works a lot of uh, works in, in the microbiome field and brendan mohanan is your current major advisor at yes brendan Buchanan okay. is my career advisor um and um, he was uh, very interested on the ideas that i had uh, that uh, at the time i didn't know that the microbiome was a thing i was just like wondering what was going on and when i came here for the interview uh it, it was my first uh Face-to-face experience with a microbiome-related world, and I was like, "Oh, wow! This is this is what I want to do. This is what I what I want to go uh, on, so on microbes." This isn't the first time your curiosity
0: has really carried you through life. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, how about how about we take a step back in the time machine uh-huh. and uh, you know figure out a little bit of you know how how you grew up and maybe what experiences
2: you had that led you to you know be a scientist? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I grew up in in Mexico. I'm, I'm Mexican. Uh, and well, during my childhood, I spent a lot of time in the, in the forest. I I had a family in rural Mexico, and I was like going there like pretty much every weekend. And uh, I didn't know this, but I remember my my brothers told me a couple of years ago when on those family reunions they were like complaining about playing with me because it was very boring. Because I will be playing with them, and then, like, suddenly I will stop and say, like, no, 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 wait, 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 come, come, come on, look at this, like, look at this antler, look at this spider, and they will be like, no, 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 let's keep playing, like, no, wait, wait, and I will spend, like, I don't know, minutes just standing there, like, watching something, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, I guess if you're playing tag, it kind of ruins the game if they can tag you. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and, and if I don't care if I'm tagged or not, that, that's also <laughs> Not super fun.
1: Very <laughs> busy uh, characterizing all of the bugs crawling on the ground. Yeah. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the classic, I think, scientist story from, like, you know, childhood is I, I was busy, you know, looking at all the bugs and the plants and stuff while everyone else was playing. <laughs> um, so, you know, this started early on. And then when you... When you went to college then, did you, you just knew I'm going to study living organisms?
2: Yeah, yeah. I went to study. Um, I got a major on uh, a degree in biology. Um, and that was my jam. I, I just felt like that's what I wanted to do, like mm-hmm. always. Um, so.
1: so at what point, was it during your undergrad time that you got interested or turned on to research and started asking your own questions?
2: Yeah, um in Mexico, there's this program. There is a summer research program, and that's how I got involved first on, on my first project of, of research, and that was great. I mean, doing research is just uh, like asking questions and figuring out how to answer those questions, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I want to do. That that's exactly what I like. Yeah.
1: From so from from the beginning, was it birds? Was your first project studying birds?
2: I was involved in a couple of other projects, but yeah, like like my my main big contribution on a project was was with birds, um, and it was about bird migration. And then I slowly started to, to move around, like bird nests, as bird development, and then microbes.
1: Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that was the jump, right? <laughs> so
2: I guess tell us then you
1: you started off doing uh, bird migration as an undergrad, and then. You, you said before you came to U of O to do this mo- microbial work, you're also studying these nests of birds. So where did you do that? That was your master's?
2: Yeah, that was my master's. Yeah, and, um, I did my master's uh, at UNAM. It's a uh, National Autonomous University in Mexico. Um, and I had the chance to work in this uh, super nice uh, field station in Mexico. That's Um I mean, they fold your beds. <laughs> you have dessert all the, every day. So it, it's great. Um and there, I was working with uh, this uh, species of bird. It's a trogon. Trogons are related to quetzals. I don't know if anyone knows about them, but uh, you should Google them. They're pretty pretty. Trogon. T R O G O N, right? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this species like nests only on the on a termite nest, and only when the termites are present. So it's not a very very pleasant experience for the termites because they have to try to like push away this bird that will not go away. uh, Very picky birds. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. They select a specific type of structure to build their their cavities. Um, So uh, the main question was, like, why do they do that? Why do they get this picky? And one of the the hypotheses that came out of that was microbes. And it's how I started to develop this. Mm. And it's curious because, like, my main project during my PhD was uh, going around Trogons, again, because they have this uh, super specialized uh, nest site. Um, and I had the chance to go back to Mexico to do fieldwork for my PhD and trying to look for a uh, Trogon nest, but now including, instead of just one species, including four species. Um, and I I worked in Chiapas. It's, this is near the border with Guatemala. It's a rainforest. Beautiful place. Lots of birds, lots of Trogons. But Trogons are picky not with their nests they're also picky on the people that look for their nests so i couldn't find them i saw the trogons flying around all the place uh but i couldn't find their nests they they're very very careful
0: so then did your research questions initially stem from finding you know 100 nests or 50 nests of these trogons and were you
2: able to find all of those nests I was able to find places where there might be a nest, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I couldn't find enough nest to have a, um, a strong, um, project.
0: Interesting. So you adapted.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I mean, it, <laughs> which is something that uh, it was a plus to be involved in research before because like you have some experience of knowing that this is the wild, like, I mean, this is the field, that that's how things go. Like things go wrong and you have to adapt. So what I did was instead of just like focusing on one species, then I broadened up my, my spectrum and included every nest that I could find. So any nest that was going to be sampled. So that's what I
0: did. For the listeners just tuning in, this is uh, Inspiration Dissemination. We're on uh, every Sunday at 7 o'clock and we're speaking to Felipe, who's coming to us from the University of Oregon, and he's talking to us a little bit about uh, how field work is difficult and how it doesn't always work out perfectly. <laughs> uh but you were adaptable so you weren't able to find the nest that you initially wanted to find but you were uh still able to to collect uh what kind of samples were you collecting of these nests were these like swabs or yeah
2: right? yeah yeah so actually working with nests is a, is a little tricky there's this general idea that if you handle a baby bird on its nest then their parents will just not feed it anymore and will just leave the nest and the the reality is that um you have to be careful yes but because uh, if parents see you close of the nest, they might think that you are going to eat their babies. Mm. And not only the babies, but also them. So that's why they often leave the nest. But if you, you what you do when you're working with nests is you try to find them around and just wait until the parents are gone and go quickly take the, the babies and then like do all the measurements that you need to take and then put them back in. Um, and what I do is I took the babies, I swabbed. Their skins. I took a lot of poop because that's what they do. (laughs) Uh, And I also swabbed the walls of the nest to have like the microbes on the nest, the microbes on their skin, and the microbes on their guts.
1: Okay. So for people who don't do microbial bird research or, you know, research in general, (laughs) what, you you know, you say you took a swab. Is this as simple as like you took like, you know, a cotton uh, ball or something? Yeah, cotton ball (laughs) or like. And just a Q-tip and just, like, swipe some of it and then stuck it in, like, a test tube?
2: <laughs> it says... Uh, close to that, I, there's these are special swaps. that uh, You have to remember that you are collecting microbial cells, which are very, very small. So these swaps are special because they, are, they were designed to collect as many cells, but also to release them as effectively as possible. So it's not your um, normal Q-tip, uh, but uh, you can do that as well if you are sampling, I don't know, big animals like deer or cows or mm-hmm. something, right? But, uh, but yeah, those were special swaths, so. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, all right, so we've we've kind of gone back through your history, and, you you know, you're always interested in these living organisms, and then you got to college, and you st- got involved in research, and you got involved in ornithology, and you've just continued. You've continued to, it seems like, fall more and more in love with birds and the <laughs> way they live their lives, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so now you're you're at UFO and you're, you're, you've collected all these samples, but you need to actually ask the questions you want to ask with them, right? And and those of us that work in science and probably everyone in the world knows that money talks, and you can't yeah. do the work without the money. <laughs> so you have yeah. an interesting way of going about getting your funding, right? Could you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to point out that it, it was always um, a, little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle to try to convince people that this was a worthwhile idea because they feel this is so new that uh, you come up and it sounds like a crazy idea, probably like why will the nest matter? Like it should be another mechanism. Um, so people will ask, we're asking like, where are you getting this idea from? Like, are you basing your research on s- some previous works or, or not? And if it's not, then why should I give you money if you don't have any evidence before? So that was a, a problem. Um, so I found this, I got um, contacted by this uh, website. They do crowdfunding, and it's uh, experiment.com. And they specialize in projects that are around science. And I think that's really cool, like, because uh, like that will involve people into uh, give donations, um, but also into being part of the sciences. Like, um, the, the scientist will be telling all the different steps that it's taking until the answer is, is done. Um, and people is, is is part of that. It's part of the process. So you've now, I mean, this is, I think everyone has become very
1: familiar with like Kickstarter and GoFundMe. Yeah. So this is very similar to that. And you write up your, like a proposal. This is the research I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, anyone who reads it can decide that seems really cool. I would love to know what kind <laughs> of microbes are living on birds in their nests. Yeah. And, and they can make a donation to you.
2: Yeah, 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 and and this uh, website, uh, I, for people that don't know, like uh, when well, a proposal um, to get funding, it's very specialized, and is uh, you're trying to be as as uh, narrow and as, as specific as possible. But in this case, you're talking to uh, yes, other scientists, but also to the general public, so you have to change your language and be uh, more inclusive and and explain in simple words why this matters and why. People should care about it. Um, So I think that's also like super great because it's putting science on the same level as the uh, overall population that we as scientists, we often forget that (laughs) we're just like in a lab or like on universities or other places. But there's millions of people that don't do science that will benefit for our findings. But just because they don't do science doesn't mean they can't find it interesting
0: right so for mm-hmm. example i don't study exactly. birds right my my mom and dad don't study birds, but if they were to go to your page, could they understand your research and your work
2: yeah 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 uh, well I hope so I try <laughs> to be <laughs> I try to be uh, um, um, simple and clear why was this a problem why is this interesting and how am I going to answer because this is also something that um, it takes some um, Thinking, like, I might have a question, but I might not have a way to answer that question. And what I tried to do was to explain, like, step by step, like, how am I planning to um, answer um, if nest type is related to the microbes that that bird will have.
0: And then for those that are interested in seeing if Lippe did a good job on describing his science to the public, uh, the link to his experiment.com page is also on our blog post. Um, and then you also have some cool pictures up there. So, um, yeah, if you want to look at it, t- take a look at our blogs, and you can uh, connect to his experiment.com campaign uh, through there. And to my knowledge, the campaign is not forever. It's only
2: a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I want to point out also that there's a Facebook page where I will be posting. Um, oh, yes. So. And that is also linked in our blog post as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, these campaigns go only for people. Um, Thirty-five days, so you have a, a specific length of time where you can try to convince people of uh, making donations and and support your work. It's not forever. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so we were we were talking a, a bit about how you've had to really adapt in how you write, right? As scientists, we're trained to use very specific language, and mm-hmm. um, it can often be a bit confusing unless you've been reading papers in that field for you know five <laughs> at least five years. I think. Um, so. Could you talk a little bit about that that kind of mental transition you had to do to write a proposal that anyone could read and understand and maybe be convinced to fund? How was that experience, you know, educational for you and helpful for you?
2: Yeah, I think that um, here one of the uh, the big helps that I had was my family. Like, I mean, I was often trying to explain why do I do or why am I doing grad school, <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, like with experience, like it's, uh, it's often like, what, what's a microbe? Like, wait again, what's, what is DNA? Like, uh-huh. So that kind of thing. So what I would recommend in this case, it's like, just try to talk to as many people as you can about your research. Or if you're not a scientist, just ask scientists, what do they do? And, and if you don't understand it's like, wait, 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 I don't get this word. Like, what does that mean? And that's good for, for us as people that do science. And it's good for <laughs> you that you don't do science. It's. I think it's a, a good feedback. Yeah. yeah, with that, and uh, I think
0: like many people have said, uh, the science often makes sense to you when it's in your head, but if you try and explain it with words, whether verbally or on paper, it does become more <laughs> difficult. But hopefully you understand your own science a little bit more in the process to
2: get others to understand it as well. Yeah, I, uh, one of my professors on on college used to say that... Uh, if you're studying for the test, you have to explain that topic to someone else. And that's how you will actually understand it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, another question about this. i like This is just such a new topic, and I think it's probably going to get bigger over the years. So one thing that's different from regular Kickstarters, which have blown up, is that when people uh, donate to a Kickstarter campaign, they're usually promised some sort of good, right? You're, mm-hmm. If, you're an, if mm-hmm. you're an early funder on some you know, there uh, there was a famous cooler project and everyone who, who funded that cooler got a cooler. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't give someone the research you're doing. It's not a tangible... I mean, I guess you could hand them some like swabs. From some <laughs> <person>. <laughs> I don't know if people would want right. a little bit of bird poop. Right, here's some poop from a little chick. <laughs> so, so what is... Uh, how is that type of thing handled or is it just something that
2: people have to donate because they believe in the cause? I think that this is one of the... Uh, big gains from the from the website is that they explain that uh, science what science gives to society is uh, knowledge and th- that's great because the way that we live it's thanks to scientific research and scientific advancement so it's very great uh, very neat that they are um, promising knowledge and they suggest to you that you keep that uh, clean that you should uh explain to people that what they are going to know, it's pushing our boundaries on the unknown a little bit further. So we we will give answers and those answers then can be used for something else. But uh, part of what I do, which is basic research, is, is just give answers. You know, and I think you're doing
0: a great job not only to ask those questions, but provide answers for, you know, being on a show like this, where you try and, you know, do some outreach and get out to the public and communicate uh, you know what otherwise pretty complex topics like if, if we were to try and get into you know the methods and techniques that you actually <laughs> have to use to answer those questions uh boy it would be way over my head but you know <laughs> this this research does indeed sound sound interesting and worthwhile um i only wish i can go out and be a field hand with you because the <laughs> pictures you have in the jungle are really cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um so i guess as
1: we are coming to the end um of of our our show here um as far as this this fun crowdfunding thing goes i feel like we should give you a chance to give your sales pitch you know you have the mic we you know so (laughs) for anyone listening that maybe you know you've piqued their interest a little bit what do you what would you tell someone that's maybe ready to hit enter on their on their web browser and go to your page (laughs) (laughs) oh wow Okay. Put you on the spot here. Yes, a I mean, little bit. Should we uh, play some like Jeopardy music or something? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, have you ever wondered, like, if your microbes are with you or against you? Have you ever wondered if you have the right partners on this war that is life? Well, I was I was wondering about it with birds, and I want to know if a big, healthy bird has have different microbes than a, a weak, small bird. So, if you want to help me with that, please go and click on my website, uh, my Facebook page, and check what I do. Check the main questions. Check some pictures, and donate. Help with us. You'll be part of this. Yeah, help be a part of knowledge. Really, is is is
0: what he's asking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess then, uh, you know, what is it that you're, you're in your fifth year of your PhD,
2: right? Yes. So yes. what do you hope to do next when you finish up? Um, well, my main desire, wish and, and plan is to go back to Mexico. Um, I've been funded by the Mexican government for most of my scientific career. And that's great. Um, and I want to give back. Uh, to my country it, it's uh, it will be awesome to go back there keep doing science uh, either in academia or in I don't know some other setting uh, but that's that's my main thing I am not sure if the next step will be to go back directly to Mexico or a postdoc or something like that I'm open to possibilities if you have offers just contact me <laughs> I
1: will take out funding my research and any jobs that someone <laughs> <has>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you're on the right spot. You're on air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, with this show, Inspiration and we have two traditions uh, for our guests. And the first tradition is we, we tend to ask the guests what advice they would have. Uh, and this advice could be you in the past when you were young collecting these little worms and spiders and, you know, your siblings being mad at you for not, you know, continuing <laughs> to play. Uh, or it can be, you know, a, a, advice of you in your Ph.D. self at year one.
2: Yeah. No. Well, uh, first I would like to say that uh, if you are interested in, in making questions and trying to get answers from, from the reality, from the natural world, then grad school is for you. That, that's a great way of, uh, of being trained on how to ask and how to answer questions. Um, but also, I would like to say to me and to other people that might be in the same um, situation is that you are learning. So give a break on you. Like don't be too hard on you. It's this is a process. You will do fine as long as you just like keep walking, keep moving, and uh, remember, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be just like playing on understanding the world, and it can be. That's
1: a
0: really good outlook.
1: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, so the other tradition that we have is we let our guests pick a song to play them out to. And usually we ask that this song is you know something that means a lot or a song that got you through a lot of laborious lab or field work um yeah. or just relates to your research so what what song did you pick and if you could give us
2: a little bit of background why you picked it yeah well um i'm i uh, i'm um i'm always uh, feeling um a little like passionate about everything so this song is i feel like has a lot of passion on it and it has a lot of i uh, don't you know like happiness and and I, like push you to do something um this song is a uh, um, son jarocho it's a it's a type of music that i love and it's called uh, el trompo from uh, los Folkloristas. and this song is uh, just like describing life as af- at its fullest and as as me sees it so yeah that's why i picked this song awesome great So
0: with that, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And for anyone else listening out there, this is Inspiration Dissemination. We're on every Sunday from 6 to 7 with uh, music. And then from 7 to about 7.30, we have an awesome graduate student who talks about (laughs) research. Thank Uh, you. So with that, uh, we'll go to your song.
2: Thank you, Felipe. Thank you. Thank you, guys.